I could welcome each one here this morning. It's our hearts and our desire is to praise God. And I was thinking, um, yeah, in Sunday school class, I was informed that 70 is not that old now. So I always thought once you get to be 70, that's kind of over the hill. But now that I'm told that 70 is not that old, so I got many years to look forward to, Lord willing. Recently, we've been going through some things here as a church, and I, the thought crossed my mind in um, all the various different opinions and everything, is who's wise? Who's right? I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and somehow through the message I would like to bring out the idea that we can all be right and still be okay. First Corinthians 1, verse 23 to 25. It says, But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block, and unto the Greek foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jew and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. So Paul here is speaking to the Corinthian church of all the different people that he's talking to. You know, he's talking to the Jews, he's talking to the Greeks, and he would later on talk to the Gentiles and so on. So he's speaking to a broad range of opinions of people. And what he was preaching was not what Paul thought. But he says, uh, we preach Christ. Um, verse 23, but we preach Christ crucified. That's what Paul was, is preaching to all these various types of people. But I'm preaching um, Christ, not Paul. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greek foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, and this is what he's preaching, is Christ. The power of God. And, you know, so you think of the power of God and what God can do. And, and Paul was teaching that. And he's also teaching what the wisdom of God is. So what is the wisdom of God? If I was to explain that to you, how would I explain the wisdom of God? How, how did Paul address that? And I think today we're facing we're, um, through a lot of things where we need a lot of wisdom. Uh, we need wisdoms in choosing friends because of what they can influence us. We need wisdom in the partners we choose. We need wisdom in raising a family. 
Church needs wisdom. School, where you send your children to school, where you're going to work, what type of job you're going to do, and so on. So we need the wisdom of God. So what is the wisdom of God? Well, I have several definitions that I come up with, but it kind of centers around one thing. And that one thing is wisdom is seeing Wisdom um, is seeing things as God sees them. And that's where the, the challenge is, is, you know, our wisdom is foolishness to God. So how, how, do, we, how do we get this? Wisdom is seeing God, seeing things as God sees them. If you look up the definition, it is the ability to judge what is true and right. So that's why I asked the question, what's right? With so many different opinions. What is right? The ability to judge what is true and right. Knowledge is gained through experience and it can exist without wisdom. So you can have knowledge and you get knowledge through experience and I want to illustrate that here in a little bit. But you can have knowledge of something and not have wisdom. But you cannot have wisdom without knowledge. So if I was to want to go hunting, I would buy a gun. And I would gain knowledge of how to use this gun. I would learn how to sight it in, how to insert bullets in, how to pull the trigger, and... I would learn everything that I need for this gun. But that's the knowledge. But wisdom comes in as how I use that gun and when. You know, so I have the knowledge to use a gun, so what if somebody comes in my front door, breaks in and wants to hurt us as a family? Wisdom is whether I use that gun or not. And it's the same way with God. It's the same way with God. We have the knowledge of who God is. You know, you can say, well, I know God is alive. You can um, quote scriptures. You can, um, at the Bible quiz, you can be, always win the prize because you have all the answers. But unless, and that's knowledge, But unless you have the wisdom to know how to use that knowledge, then that knowledge isn't going to get us where we are desiring to go. But the wisdom is able to then take what Christ has taught us and apply it to my Christian life. So why do we have so many opinions? It's because all of us are brought up in a different time period. All of us are brought up in different families. Um, It was mentioned Sunday school that they teach, he teaches his children not to sing at the supper table or any meal table, not to sing at the table. And why is that? Is because of how he was taught. 
And so all of us have different quirks about us. So when we come together, we're all seeing things in a different perspective. Wisdom is how to bring that into the light of applying this, the principles that God has in us. And that's where we all are to be part of. We're all supposed to take the principles of God and, and, and live it. And not one of us is exempted from that. And it's just how we get there is the, the different aspects of it. But that's knowledge. The wisdom is when we all get together and apply it to our Christian life. So when the Bible says love, love thy neighbor, we all are part of that. Go on with definitions. Um, wisdom is to live out in your life the principles, I just talked about that, the principles that he taught. Wisdom is the ability to know and apply spiritual truth. It is appropriate application of knowledge. And it is invaluable virtue. It is deeply immeasurable, priceless, and rare. And why is wisdom so um, undesirable. Um, I want to go to Proverbs, and we'll probably spend um, a little time in a Proverbs, different chapters and uh, verses and so on, but I want to go to the first one in Proverbs 16. Verse 16. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold? So how much better is it? Would you say it's much better? Or would you reverse that? It, how much better it is to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather than chosen silver? Then I want to go to Proverbs 8, verse 11, or 10 and 11. Speaking of the value of wisdom and how we should seek after that. It's more valuable than gold and riches and silver. In Proverbs 8, verse 10 and 11, it says, Receive my instruction. This is talking about our wisdom talking to us. Receive my instruction, not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. So take anything in your life that you desire to do. Wisdom is so much better. So why don't we seek wisdom? Wisdom is there. It's crying out. Go to Proverbs 1 verse 20. It's crying out to us. Verse 20 and 22. It says, Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief places of concourse. In the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners... 
delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Then I want to go to Proverbs 9. So wisdom is crying out to us. It don't cost us anything. It's free. And it has made itself available for us to enter in. And that's what you'll see in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1. Wisdom hath built her house. So we see that um, wisdom has prepared a place or a sanctuary for us to come into. The house is built. It has hewed out her seven pillars. She hath killed her beasts, so there's no danger there. She hath, and there's also food to eat. She hath mingled her wine. She hath furnished her table. She hath sent forth her maidens. She crieth upon the high places of the city, the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish, and live. Go in the way of the understanding. He that reprove a scorner getteth to himself shame, and he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be wiser. And teach a just man, and he shall increase in learning. Then verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So I want to look at that verse. So wisdom is free. Wisdom is available. And then he says what the beginning of wisdom is. And it is the fear of the Lord. And that's interesting. Why is the fear of the Lord connected with Wisdom. Well, the fear is respect and reverence of the eternal one. So it is a, the fear is to be uh, respectful and respect and reverence who God is. And then he says in verse 10, is the beginning of wisdom or is the opening of wisdom. So what opens the avenue of wisdom is our reverence and fear toward God. And then um, understanding of the Holy One is discernment. So knowing who God is and have a reverence fear of Him and then understanding, in understanding of, of who he is, then we start to understand who God is. Does that, that sound clear? <laughs> Once we understand who God is, we have the knowledge, but we have to understand of who God is. And once we understand who God is, that opens the way for wisdom. In other words, when I look at a situation, I'm going to look at it from God's perspective. And so how do I get that? You know, God, as far as I know, hasn't 
told me which church to go to in the Bible. I can read the Bible and it doesn't tell me how to teach my children. It doesn't tell me who I should marry. But he gives us the principles and that's where for us in understanding of who God is and understanding what the scripture has is teaching that's a deciding factor of how I choose in my life. In Job 28, 28, it says, where there is fear, uh, maybe I better turn that or I'll chop it up. Um, Job 28, 28 says, and unto man he saith, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And that goes, and wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. And that, again, that brings in the idea, once we understand of who God is, and our reverent fear of him, and applying his scripture into our lives, we're going to flee evil, because we understand. And we're going to desire to want to uh, live that life that God has taught us in scripture. We will never fully know or understand God. So it's a continuous growing process. And I think that's what Tim was asking me. When do you come to the point in life where you can say, I finally got wisdom? I got it. And you don't. I'm still learning. And shamefully, at 67, you think I should have all kinds of wisdom. But I don't. I mean, I could tell you what I've experienced. Well, I don't want to get too ahead of my message. I want to go to Colossians 2 and 2 and 3. Moments here where I know where Colossians is, but I keep scrolling over it. Okay, Colossians 2, 2 to 3. And their hearts might be comforted, that their hearts might be comforted, being, knitted, being knit together in love, and unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God. So he's saying here, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. So having the understanding of Christ and God in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So, if you separate the wisdom of this world and the wisdom of God, there's a, a gulf between them. Because all the wisdom of God is in Christ and in God. 
So how do we get to that point of knowing what God's will is? It's something that we have to search. You have to, you can't just pick up the Bible, read it, lay it down, and, and then go on life and thinking that, well, I think this is best for me. Because our foolishness, or our wisdom is foolishness to God. So our wisdom that we think, or I think, may not apply to you and may not help you in your situation in life. Now, I can tell you what I experience and what I learn, but it's up to you to apply that to your life. Um, so we have to search it, and we have to, and I would like to go to 1 Kings chapter 8 and not only search it, it's a daily search. It's a, a constant, because we're all facing it. We all have struggles in our lives where we need the wisdom of God. And even uh, getting up in the morning, we need time with God and search the scripture of what he's sharing with us. <clears throat> and sometimes if you're really struggling with something, it's good to take the, pick up the Bible and go to a quiet place and pray and, and just... Um, Really read whatever would come to your mind or come meet that need in your life. In 1 Kings chapter 3, this is a part of where Solomon, God came to him and said, um, Solomon, what would you like to have? And I like Solomon's response and so did God. It says, and thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Therefore, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge a city so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord, and Solomon, that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern and judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, Neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. So you have to, this is something you have to ask for. Lord, I need wisdom in this. Can you help me? And he will give it to you. You know, Solomon asks, and you could go through several. Joseph, God gave a spirit of wisdom. But the wisdom and an understanding heart I think it's so important that you come together. Uh, James 1, verse 5, it says, ask about asking. And I'm going to turn to James because, James, I want to share a little bit on that. James 1, verse 5, it says, And if any man lack wisdom, or if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. 
Remember what, remember what we read in Proverbs, how wisdom is there. All we have to do is ask for it. Um, an understanding heart, I think, goes so well with wisdom. Because I'm able to listen to you and your concerns without anger or frustration. And you're able to look at my concerns or, my, or answer my questions that I have out of love. And I think that is so lacking in the Anabaptist circles, you might say. You know, we, we have strong opinions. You know, we say this church is better than this church and this is better than that, and we can go on and on. Um, homeschooling is better, or Christian school, or public school is better, and so on. But wisdom is to look at God in his scripture for my life. Not telling you how to live your life, but saying what I've learned in my example, this is, is how I come up to my opinion. And I think all of us have that right. And all of us, and that's why I say so many of us come to different aspects. Over in James 3, <clears throat> verse 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation or lifestyle or show me in your life his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envy and stripes in your heart, glory not, lie not against the truth. And I think that sometimes is where we fail is because of the bitterness, anger we have toward a situation, I can't give sound wisdom in that way. Like if I was uh, told, uh, someone who asked me, where's the best place to buy um, plywood? You know, you, some would say, well, don't go to Walmart. And the reason you would say that, or, why Walmart? You don't buy plywood there. <laughs> Menards, that's what I meant. Go to the Menards. And, some, and you'd say, no, don't go there. And you would say why you shouldn't go there. You know, I have concerns about the quality of the, of the plywood, and you shouldn't go there. You should go to Hoover Lumber, because they have better quality. And then, um, then I think... That's where this comes in at. It says, bitter envying strife in your heart is going to take us away of giving good advice. Wisdom isn't acting as if you have all the answers, but it's what comes out in gentleness of spirit and humility. And I thought this was interesting he inserts this right after he's talking about the tongue. 
and wisdom is sometimes keeping your mouth shut. It's understanding what the tongue can do, but wisdom is using that tongue at the right time. And that's where we need wisdom because sometimes we speak. I do anyways. I'm sorry I was putting all of you in this, but sometimes I speak when I shouldn't. When a person is sharp and focused on their own way and forcing it on others, you're going to have strife and confusion within a brotherhood. And this isn't the way God desired it. You know, I've always thought, why he wants a body of believers to come together, why does he bring so many different areas, aspects to it? But God wants us to learn to get along with each other and to love each other. And can we get that point? Read scripture and apply it to, to your life, and, and all of us has to do it, though. Wisdom from heaven is pure. Did I read the whole part? Who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you and let him show of a good conversation? But if you have bitter envy and stripes in your heart, glory not and lie not against truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. And I uh, read a commentary that says it comes from the devil. And I would say that's probably true. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But wisdom that is from above is first, first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of the righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So the wisdom of heaven is brings peace to the situation. It's mild and it's patient. It's approachable. It's compliant, kind toward others. It is full of good deeds. And it isn't prejudiced toward anyone. It doesn't take sides. And is sincere without being hypocritical. Does this describe you? And like I say, I wish at my age I could say it does me. So it's an area I think all of us can work together on and strive to reach. The Bible doesn't specifically give us answers to things we face in life, but it does give us principles to live by. Um, we have one life to live. Don't waste it. We have one chance at marriage. Don't make a mistake. We have one chance with our children. Don't make a wrong decision. And because we only get one chance... We really need to seek God's direction on, the, on a decision we make. And a situation may work good for one family and not another, but you know your family. 
You know your wife. You know your children. You know what is best for them. Don't look at yourself and what's best for me, but what's best for them. I'm willing to stick my neck out to do what is best for them is because I want them to grow up and to live the Christian life like I am. But how do I get that? Well, I had to go to Fairfield. Now, do I send my children to Fairfield? I didn't. So you look at the situation with no anger or bitterness toward that and just say, what is best for me in my life? And the same way with the church. Look at the church and say, is this best for me and my family? You know, I've heard comments. um, Someone said, well, you go to Salem, you're going to lose your children. So we have a bad reputation. So what would we encourage them to do? Stay out? Fear God and ask for wisdom and seek it as you would for hidden treasures. I know if, if Gene had a, a million dollars buried in his backyard and Greg knew about it, you think Greg would try to buy that lot between them two? He would probably sell all he has to buy that lot. Unless he has more than a million dollars, but you know what I'm saying is. But wisdom is far greater than the riches, the treasures that are hidden. So let's search it with our whole heart and with an open heart. And only, not only searching, but ask God for wisdom. Let's pray. Shall we stand? Father, we pray for each one here this morning. I pray that you bless their life. And thank you for giving us parents who had concerns for us and put us in the places where we're at today. And we're grateful for that and what they've taught us. And we do want to teach our children the same way. So I pray as we as a brotherhood go through many decisions now and even in the future, that we can all approach it with wisdom, have an understanding heart, look at both sides, and seek you for the final result. So we just pray, Lord, for your uh, blessing on the message. Just pray that it reached the heart of all of us as it did me, and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.